Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. My name is Robert. This is Meredith. And we met in the Marine Corps. We got married, right? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. So we got... <laughs> I'm not going to forget that. Uh, of course not. So, but once we got out, once I got out of the Marine Corps, we moved to um, Louisiana. Um, we started attending OSC sporadically, off and on, here and there. But I was working at AGI Industries uh, for 13 years, and we were doing really well. We were doing, we were comfortable. You know, we were doing good for each other. Um, everything was going good. But then after 13 years, I was laid off with really no excuse, uh, just that it was an organizational change. So at that point, I didn't know how to handle it. I had never been laid off in my life. I just didn't know how to handle that. Um, so I pretty much turned into drinking and just doing whatever I wanted to do and with no regard for my family. Um, it was bad, and she, uh, it hurt, but I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know, because we were going back and forth. We really wasn't serving at church or anything. We weren't doing anything about it. We were just showing up. You know, it was kind of like that, uh, you show up on Sunday, you get your church in, and then the rest of the week you do what you want to do, and it it was, it was really getting bad. It was just getting really horrible. Um, I would stay out all night. I wouldn't tell her where I'm at. I wouldn't answer her calls. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was really rough. Good morning and welcome to Easter Sunday here at Our Savior's Church. My name is Pastor Gabe and my lovely bride Lauren and I serve as your lead pastors here. I want you to see something. You're going to get to hear a little bit more of Robert and Meredith's story. But as you can already tell, they found themselves in a very dark place in their lives. And I think all of us, to some degree or another, can relate to having a very dark moment, a dark time in our lives. See, for him, they were attending church, but that was really all about it. They weren't really serving God with their lives and he found himself laid off, which led to a dark, dark road, a dark path that came with a lot of consequences. It was a dark moment in their lives. And we just happened to celebrate a very dark moment in history. Of course, we all know that the last year, for some people, it was an incredible year, but for many people, it was a very dark time. Fear running rampant, people afraid of losing family members or losing family members. It was a dark period for many people, but we just celebrated a dark moment this past Friday that we call Good Friday. And though we may call it Good Friday for Jesus and for his disciples, it certainly was not good see Jesus had come God in the flesh for hundreds of years his coming to the earth had been prophesied see the people of Israel were told that one day 
this great king would come. He would be the Messiah. He would be the Christ, the anointed one. And he would establish this incredible kingdom that would exist forever. And so all of the hopes and the dreams of the people in Israel were upon the arrival of this Messiah King. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he rallies disciples around him that follow him. And for three and a half years, they follow this man who they believe will be a king. They believe he is God's man. And they believe that this kingdom that he was going to begin was going to change the world forever. But then on a Friday, he dies. See, for us, Good Friday represents something. For us, it represents the moment that the Son of God the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God paid the price for our sin and died on that cross with His blood shed for us. That's what Good Friday represents for us. And again, we call it good, but I want you to get into the story with me for a moment of Jesus and the disciples. For those disciples, this was not good news. Because they followed him, expecting these things to happen only to see their king on a cross. And for Jesus, think about this for a moment. Of course, he knew God's plan for him. But one of the men that had followed him closely for three and a half years is the very man who turned him over to be killed. Betrayal at one of his deepest levels. One of those close friends of his, a man by the name of Peter, turned his back on Jesus and denied even knowing him. The religious leaders of that day accusing him, mocking him, making fun of him, celebrating the fact that this king, their king, was being beaten. And he was handed over to, at that time, the most powerful empire the world had ever seen the Roman Empire, it was indeed a dark day. Jesus, the Bible says, they took his beard and they ripped it out of his face. They beat him on his back with what was called the cat of nine tails, which had bone and metal fragments in a, a multi-strand whip and they literally beat the skin off of his back. To mock him, they took a crown of thorns. This same Jesus who just on the week prior to that was entering into Jerusalem and everybody was singing his praises and yelling, save us, Hosanna. Those same people were in a crowd yelling, crucify him. And then they put him on the cross and they don't strap him to a cross. They nail him to a cross like a piece of meat. This was a dark day and the Bible talks about the darkness of this day in Matthew chapter 27 verse 45 here's Jesus on the cross nailed to this cross and the Bible says that this happened at noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock 
And of course, we don't know how, how, to what extent that the land was covered in darkness, but it was enough for this gospel writer to say the whole land was covered in darkness. I believe that's a picture of the darkness of this moment. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned I want you to see something. Mankind had sown nothing but seeds of rebellion against a holy God. From the time of Adam and Eve, when they rebelled against God, they sinned against God, death entered the world and rebellion against God filled our hearts. And in that moment, Jesus came as the Lamb of God to shed his blood for us and he on that cross was the picture of sin and sin separates us from God so as he's yelling my God my God why have you abandoned me God cannot have fellowship with sin he's against it because he knows what it does to us and he's a holy God and himself cannot stand and partake in sin which is why the blood was shed. We were all born into this world with a sin nature. You don't have to teach your kids how to sin. They know how to sin. They're born with it in their DNA. And, and we live our lives following in the pattern of sin. And here's the thing about sin. Sin caused that darkness. Sin caused Jesus' death. Sin caused darkness to cover the entire earth. And sin devastates and wrecks our lives. See, sin doesn't start off that way. Sin starts off exciting. It, it starts off invigorating. I guarantee for Robert, as he was beginning these patterns of sin, it felt like a release. It felt like a relief. Like he was releasing something. He was able, it was fun, it was life-giving. It felt until the consequences of sin come. And the consequences of sin are always far greater than the fun and the excitement that we feel in the moment of that sin. The Bible says it this way. It says that the wages of sin is death. And a wage it's something that you earn. When you work your jobs, you work your nine to five jobs, you get a check and that check is called your wages. It's your payment for what you've accomplished. The Bible says that the payment, the wages of sin is death. So as you're sinning, you're only occurring more and more and more death. And when it comes to sin, there's only two options. Either we pay for that sin or someone else pays for that sin. And in the Old Testament, they would take animals and they would shed their blood so that those animals could cover the sins of the people. Yet here we see on Good Friday, the blood of the Son of God was shed 
not to cover our sins, but to wash our sins away. And though we know the end of the story, in this moment, on this Friday, it was a dark moment. It was a dark day. And this blood was shed, accomplishing something, but the disciples could not see what it was accomplishing. But I want you to see what happens on Saturday. I was just like Mary, labeled by shame. They call my wrong, you call my name. What worked back then will work again, cause I know the blood is why I decided to reach out to the church for help. I was afraid to open up about it, but it had gotten to the point where I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see him like that. I, I didn't want him to have to go through this alone. I didn't know how to help him. So I reached out where I thought we would get the most help. Uh, it was one Sunday Pastor Randy was preaching and he mentioned some things that he did and it made me think of what my husband was going through and I thought, hey, he's the guy that can help us. He's going through what my husband is going through. And I called him and I explained to him that he, you know, he didn't know me, but I knew him because I seen him. I listened to him preach and I told him what my husband was going through and that it was difficult for both of us and we needed help. So then I went. She, of course, encouraged me to go. And I sat down with Pastor Randy. The first thing Pastor Randy asked me, I'll never forget that. You been drinking this morning? I said, drinking? I said, it's 8 (laughs) o'clock. So he prayed over me. After Pastor Randy prayed over me, he spoke with both of us. Actually, we were sitting together, but he... uh, he wanted me to talk with Pastor Gabe. Pastor Gabe too young, he can't tell me nothing. <laughs> so I was like, that's how really bad off I was. It was like, I didn't want to hear from anybody. And 
I sat down with Pastor Gabe anyway, and I was glad that I did because once we sat down with Pastor Gabe, he told me, I mean, we had a long conversation, of course, went over multiple things, but when he told me that I lost her, he said, Robert, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, go ahead. He said, you didn't lost her. And then I looked at her and I said, I lost you? And she didn't say a word, not a thing. So at that point, I just said, you know what, I gotta do something about it. So I started reaching out to people here and there, but I still wasn't that serious about it. It didn't take until we started our freedom group. See, Friday is coming and going. Now we're at Saturday. Let me tell you something about Saturday. Saturday is that transitionary day, that transitional moment where Friday's come and gone, but Sunday hasn't quite come yet. For Robert and Meredith, they knew something had to change, but they weren't sure how to change it. They weren't sure what to do in order to see this change happen. I want to take you back to the gospel, back to the story of Jesus for a moment, because we know on Friday, Jesus died on the cross. We just talked about all that he went through in that moment. But they took his body down from that cross and they put it in a tomb. And this is what that same chapter in Matthew chapter 27 says about the next day, about that Saturday. Verse 62 says this. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. These were the religious leaders of the day. They told him, sir, we remember what that deceiver, speaking of Jesus, once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. See, Jesus had gone around preaching about this new kingdom that would begin. Jesus had talked to people about new life and Jesus had given people hope. People who were stuck in the pattern of their sin, stuck in the consequences of their own actions, many of which living horrible lives by their own doing. And Jesus shows up and he starts offering them a chance and hope only to have that hope on that Friday die. See, let me tell you about traumatic experiences. And most of you know this. When something traumatic happens in our lives, we don't typically feel the sting of it on the day that it happens. We're typically in such shock that it actually happened that we don't fully feel it. When we lost someone, we don't typically fully grieve in that moment because we're still hoping there's some semblance of hope that this is not real. That maybe this is a dream. That maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and everything will be back to normal. Except when you wake up the next day, you realize 
as the disciples realized, they're not there anymore. Jesus isn't there. I can't, I'm not waking up next to him. I can't go see him. I can't eat fish with him. I can't have a conversation with him because he just died on that cross. And what happens on Saturday, if Friday could be categorized as darkness and despair, Saturday could be categorized as hopelessness. Because everything that they were hoping for was now gone. And these religious leaders, if you will, had gone to Pilate, the governor of Jerusalem, the governor of that area, that region. They'd gone to him and they said, we want to make sure that there is no hope. Pilate, send guards so we can seal the tomb and we can seal the fate of these disciples. See, that's what sin does. Sin gets you in darkness Sin places you there, and while you're there, and you start to feel the weight of your sin, the weight of the consequences of your action, what sin does is it takes away all hope. So not only are you in darkness the same way that Jesus was in darkness on the cross, and ultimately he was in darkness inside of that tomb, it takes away all of your hope that things will ever change or ever be different. They sought to seal that tomb so that they could seal the fate of these disciples. But I've got good news for you. I've got very good news for you. Friday is over. And Saturday is over. And I want you to see what happens on Sunday. So um, he said we needed to get connected with um, another couple that could help us. So he um, he talked to us about Mr. Ricky Tucker and and, and, and Miss Lynette, yeah. and uh, they were having a freedom group for married married uh, couples. And uh, so we end up getting with uh, Mr. Tucker and Miss Lynette, and they would actually counsel us. Yeah. On the side, mm-hmm. other than the freedom group. Lynette worked with me on forgiveness because I was having a hard time forgiving him for what he um, had put us through. Once we went to freedom, that was that was my way of giving it to God and letting it go. And just, if I want God to forgive me, then how can I not forgive the one that he gave me to love and to care about? Because the first couple of weeks, I was just going with the motions. I was just like, okay. And I think Ricky is the one that said, Robert, you're going to have to say something. You know, and then that's when I started talking. And then by the time we did get to freedom, that was, I mean, the first day when we went in, you remember, I was like, man, these people crazy. Everybody (laughs) chanting and all this. You remember that? (laughs) So, but it was good because once it started, I was locked in. And for some reason, I wasn't distracted by anything. And I honestly believe that that was God working in me from day one. On the second day, I just, that's the day I actually gave my life to Christ. I couldn't help it. I cried and, you know, I just, I gave it all to him. 
I gave it all to Christ that day. And that's when things started turning around for us. I mean, it was still hard, of course, but it did start turning around. I really started getting serious in my reading. Mm -hmm. I would read, I would study. We started praying together. That's something we never did. We would pray, but not together. Yeah. And not like he would hold me or put his hand on me and pray over me. We never did that. Yeah. Doing everything, just showing her instead of telling her. His confidence, everything was was different. Whatever yes. he feels God wants him to do, he just wants to do it. If it's helping someone, if it's um, doing something for someone, it, it just changed him. He used to, it, it was all about him. It was all about Robert. Everything was yeah. about me. And now it's, it's like he put himself last. It's all about... What can I do to, you know, show them where I've come from? It's like yeah. he wants yeah. others to be able to find Christ if they're struggling the way he was, the way we were. After all that we went through and uh, all the victories we had after freedom, not only did everything get better for us, but we also oh. renewed our vows. Yeah. We didn't do it right the first time. Right. right. But now God is the head of our life and the head of our marriage. And exactly. Here we are today. All because we chose to give our lives to Christ and right. live the life that He has chosen for us. That's right. What an amazing story an amazing testimony. But I want to share something with you. Because simply put, we all have a debt of sin that we can't pay for. See, our sin is dark. We talked about that. Our sin caused hopelessness. But Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, shed his blood for that sin. And I'm here to tell you this morning that there is still power in that blood. What he did back then, he can do it again. See, Jesus' death was for our death. Because we were hopeless, he came and he died. Because of the consequences of our own sin, he shed his blood and that's why he came but not only did he face the punishment that all of us all of us deserved but he rose again from the dead as a resurrected savior I want to read this to you because this is people of God this is our hope Matthew chapter 28 verse 1 says this Early on Sunday morning, listen to this, as the new day was dawning. We're going to stop there because what a beautiful picture. And it's totally different, a complete contrast from that Friday when darkness covered the land. A new day was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. 
His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said what happened. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he has gone ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. You see, the same way that Jesus' body was placed on the cross in darkness and then placed in the tomb in darkness and hopelessness and darkness covered the land. Just like that tomb was sealed to seal the fate of the disciples and the devil did everything he could to destroy this king and destroy this faith. I want you to hear something. God stepped into this situation and he proved he is God and nothing is over until he says it's over. And listen to me, I'm here to tell you this morning, nothing in your life is over until God says it's over. He has the final say then and he has the final say now. See, even for Jesus' disciples, they had gone back fishing. All hope was gone. They gave up. For many of you, you feel that way now. Like you're just living like you just, you've given up. I'm a horrible person. Nothing in my life could ever change. I'm always going to be this way. My dad was this way. My mom was this way. My family is this way. This is just the way I am. I'm here to tell you there's hope this morning for you. And there's power in that blood that he shed. And what he did back then, he will do again for you. The people that you hear this morning worshiping with their hands raised, the couple that you saw giving their testimony, they, let me tell you what a testimony is. A testimony is sharing the witness of what you have seen. And they've seen God move on their behalf. Believe their testimony. Believe the testimony of this book that he can change your life. What he did before he could do again. There's some people in this room this morning who need a resurrection. Jesus was showing, yeah, I'm paying the price with my death, but I and I alone in stepping in to defeat the greatest enemy that mankind has ever known, death itself. See, I mentioned Adam and Eve before. I mentioned that we all were born into this world with a nature, a sinful nature. You came into the world with sin. Your parents had it. Their parents had it all the way back to Adam and Eve. Sin has covered our lives and covered the land. And when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says death entered into the world. Yet here we see Jesus 
not only dying on the cross, but raising again from the dead to prove not even death can stop me. Nothing that you've done is too great for him. The worst moment you've ever had in your life, the worst sin you've ever done, the thing that you feel the guiltiest about, the thing that you are most shameful about, that you hope that no one ever finds out, that thing was paid for on a cross 2,000 years ago. And he wants to offer you that hope. See, salvation... The Bible says it like this. Jesus told a religious leader who came to him and he said, I want to enter into this kingdom. I want to be a part of this kingdom. Jesus said, you cannot enter this kingdom unless you are first born again. And that phrase born again is exactly how it sounds. The old you has to die. The sinful you has to be put to death, mirroring the death of Jesus on the cross. But just like he rose again from the dead, you come alive, a new creation raised from death, his follower. That's what God offers us. That's what Easter is all about. It's not about bunnies and eggs and all of those things may be cute. But this is the moment that the world stops to recognize the greatest miracle in all of mankind. God put on flesh and became a man. And that man laid his life down, shed his blood on a cross for a sinful humanity. And then on the third day of his death, rose to new life to give us new life. Salvation, as I mentioned, is a gift. You can't earn it. Nothing you could ever do causes you to deserve that salvation. It's a gift. But just like most gifts that we receive, it comes in a package and you can be given the package, you can, you can have the gift, but if you never open it, you never receive it. The price has already been paid for every sin you've ever committed. The price has already been paid for you to be right with God. The price has already been paid for you to be a new creation. But have you opened it? Have you opened the gift? The blood was shed, but as it washed away your sin, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. And for those of you who would say, man, I'm, I'm a good person, pastor, let me help you. There's no such thing as a good person. Because even the smallest of sins has separated us from God. When we say, I'm not, I'm not that bad, we are insulting the King of Kings who died on the cross for what you claim to be not that bad. And if you could ever say this because you don't realize that that thing separates you from God. That lie separates you from God. That cheating separates you from God, that rage separates you from God. But the good news is it was paid for. 
And I want to give you an opportunity to receive that gift that God gave you and to be what the Bible calls born again. And I'll tell our church this every single Sunday that you can receive this gift. And this process of being born again is a very simple process. It's as simple and as easy as ABC. And the reason why we say that is because the King of Kings did the hard part. When he died, when he suffered, when he went through what he went through, he paid for this gift. ABC, what do I mean by that? A is you admit. Admit what? You're honest with yourself and you're honest with God and you admit, I am a sinner. And my sin has separated me from God. Not I've made some mistakes, not I'm really a good person. No, you're brutally honest with yourself and you say, I am a sinner and I'm far away from a holy God. And nothing I could ever do could bridge that gap. And then B, you believe. Believe what? That though this may seem like an insurmountable obstacle, you believe that Jesus Christ came and paid for that sin. When he died on the cross, he was becoming our savior. And then C, you confess. Confess what? You confess what you are genuinely believing, that he is now the Lord of your life. See, if you are like me and grew up in church, you, you've heard the term Lord and Savior, and you think that, the same, that they're the same thing, that the two are synonymous. They are two totally different things. When he's Savior, he dies on the cross and he pays for your sin. But when he is Lord, you've opened the gift and you've bowed your knee and you say, you call the shots now. I'm going to follow you because you are my Lord. And out of sheer gratitude for what you've done for me, I will dedicate my life to following you. You are now Lord. So that's why we say being born again is as simple as ABC. And there are people in this room who, like Robert and Meredith, you need a miracle. There are people in this room who, because of the consequences and the death, you're still in darkness and in hopelessness. And it's time for a resurrection. I'd like to ask everybody in this place to close your eyes and to bow your heads. And I want to give you an opportunity that God himself is giving you to be born again. You can leave this place this morning knowing that your sins are forgiven. You can leave this place knowing that you are right with God. You can leave this place knowing that heaven will one day be your home. See, when we're stuck in sin and in death and hell, eternal separation from God is our lot. But you can leave this place knowing heaven is my home. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want the price that he paid to be applied to my life. I want to be born again. I believe there's power in that blood to forgive me and to cleanse me and to make me right with God and to bring me into the family of God. So with no one looking around, I'm going to ask you on the count of three 
to simply say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. We're all going to pray it out loud together. But if you are saying, I'm making that commitment to him, I want you to just lift up your hand on the count of three so I can acknowledge this is me. I'm, pr- I'm praying this prayer. I am surrendering to Jesus. One, two, three. That's you. Lift them up. Nobody looking around. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Hands going up all around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. This is why he paid the price. You can put your hands down. Church, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. All of us, we're going to pray this together with those praying it for the first time to be born again. And it's not the words that are going to save you. It's the grace of God, your surrendered heart, and your faith in him that's going to save you. Say this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. That on the cross, you died for my sin, for my guilt, and for my shame. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go there. And you rose again from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So I turn away from my sin and I choose to follow you. And from this moment on, God, you are my Father. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, stand with me and let's worship.
Come on, can we celebrate everybody that prayed that prayer to be born again?